Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Dropped him for cycling back for Wheeler. Shot. He scores. Oh, a thing of beauty. Patrick Laine has goal number five. Hit for Kyle Connor. Kovac scores. That was beautiful. Get it in queue for the highlight reel. Ground control. The official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. Three games in the book for the Winnipeg Jets as they uh, kick off the 2019-2020 season. Jamie Thomas with you for this edition of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Tyler Esquivel and Mitchell Clinton still on the road as the Jets will close out their four-game road trip against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday. Lots of intrigue around that game. But before we get look ahead, let's look back at the Jets' week that was. Three games, as I mentioned. Uh, they begin the four-game road trip, one and two. But let's just say this. This team is going to be anything but boring, as shown by their first three games of the season. Uh, the, they start Thursday night in uh, at MSG against the New York Rangers. Jacob Truba, of course, former teammate. Brendan Lemieux on the other side of things. Jacob Truba ended up with three points that night. Uh, lots of goal scoring. 6-4 was the final score on this one. And a quick note about what's going on around the National Hockey League before we keep going in what the Jets did last week. Scoring is up in the NHL. Uh, last season, the NHL averaged more than six goals per game for the first time since 05-06. We're through 33 games in the National Hockey League schedule so far. Of course, the league started on Wednesday. Uh, small sample size, but goal scoring is up 6.22 goals per game, up from 6.02 in 2018-19. So that's a fascinating stat to keep track of for those of you that love the offense. I'm sure uh, Jets fans at this moment not loving the offense from the other teams because the Jets are uh, giving up a lot of goals their first three games. But uh, again, going back to New York, uh, Blake Wheeler scored a couple of goals. Uh, Connor Hellebuck. Really the lightning rod of criticism for that opening game. Didn't look like himself throughout the majority of the preseason, but that final game against the Minnesota Wild in St. Paul, I thought he looked more like himself, more comfortable. Uh, he still said after that 6-4 loss, the Rangers feeling good about his game. I know that I had a lot of people outside of uh, Jetsland uh, very upset about how he's handling things, but I'll tell you this about Connor Hellebuck. There is no question about his confidence level, and this is, if this is how he chooses to get himself through some rough periods. I say he's all the better for it, and uh, we'll see uh, how he bounces back in his next start. Not quite sure when that's going to be. So a 6-4 loss uh, against the Rangers to kick things off. Then in the next night of Friday in New Jersey, Lauren Bressois gets a start in goal. And, you know, this is the way things roll. You know, those back-to-back games, Lauren Bressois, the, the Jets leaned on him so many times last year uh, to give Connor Hellebuck a rest. He was great in this one, but it did not look good. I think a lot of people were turning off their television sets before the start of the second or before the end of the second period in that game against the New Jersey Devils. Jets down 4 nothing. It uh, looked like it was swirling out of control at that point. And uh, then uh, Dmitry Kulikov, who was excellent through the first game, three games, scores his first goal uh, this season. Didn't score at all last year, and it goes back to February 6th of 2018 where uh, Kulikov had scored his last goal. So it had been a long time coming, and a funny stat out of this one. Anytime Dmitry Kulikov scores in a jersey for the Winnipeg Jet, with the Winnipeg Jets, uh, the team is 4-0. So you, you can't argue with that type of efficiency for him. Doesn't score a lot, but when it happens, it usually turns out to be a good thing for the Jets. So he gets that goal at the end of the second period, changes the momentum entirely, and the Jets come out hard in the third period, uh, score three times, tied up, and then Blake Wheeler with an opportunity to win the game for the Jets in the shootout. Wheeler can win it. 
Couple of hard strides to pick it up. Right-handed shot, the captain over the line. He slows down, moves in. To the deep backhand shot, he scores! Blake Wheeler wins it in a shootout for Winnipeg tonight. The Jets come all the way back from being down 4-0 in the game and win it 5-4 here tonight in a shootout. This one will be one to remember for a long time in the annals of Winnipeg Jets 2.0 history. So Jets 1-1 one one after that one. A good feeling. You know what I liked about this game, and, and not only the fact they were down 4 nothing, they come back and win this one on the road, is Blake Wheeler and Paul Maurice after the game pointing out the fact no matter what happens this season, they always have that game in New Jersey to kind of hang their hat on. They'll look back, you know, if they're down a couple of goals or three goals going into the, into the third period, they go, hey, boys, we've done this before. With a young team like this, you got to have something to work off of. And that's certainly what that game in New Jersey will pose. Do you want to be down 3 nothing, 4 nothing, or down three goals going into the third period? No, but at least you have this in the early part of the year when everybody's starting to get to know each other. Uh, they went out for a team dinner in uh, New York the night the night after, kind of a team bonding moment, and that's where this first road trip will be uh, play a large role in how this team forms and how this team builds behind one another. Uh, a very important victory in New Jersey, and then they followed it up to get a day off in New York the following day. Then then play the Islanders, Nassau Coliseum looked very empty uh, watching on TV, kind of disappointing because with the way the Islanders have kind of prided themselves on moving back to Nassau Coliseum for a fair amount of games in the 2019-20 season. You expected it to be full. It wasn't. Uh, but atmosphere aside, it doesn't matter. The Jets fall behind 3 nothing again. Lauren Bressois getting back-to-back starts for the first time since he signed with the Jets. Now, he had a great run with the Edmonton Oilers before he signed with Winnipeg. He started seven consecutive games uh, at that point. So he's done this before, but the point is he hadn't started back-to-back games for the Jets and I don't think you need to read too far into this. Now, some people might look at this and go, hey, there's a goaltending controversy going on in Winnipeg. Lauren Bressois playing back-to-back games after Connor Hellebuck didn't play very well in the opener. But it's it's so early in the season. I think Bressois earned that opportunity holding the fort in New Jersey when the team was down 4 nothing and helping them win that game. And he was very good again against the Islanders. But the Islanders, uh, the much better team on Sunday. But there was uh, a positive to come out of this. Patrick Lani, who's been very good, building on his 5-5 and play from the playoffs last year. You go back to Game 4 against the St. Louis Blues in that opening round series in the playoffs. Paul Maurice had said that Patrick Lane had played his best game as a member of the Winnipeg Jets. And then you have the long offseason, him not signing with the Jets for an extended period, and then he signs right before the start of the regular season. He's been very good. And then a good moment. Hadn't scored yet, but that all changed uh, in the second period. Adam Pellick knocked the puck down at center. Back in comes Wheeler. Line A shoots. He scores. There's that shot. And the first of the year for Patrick Line set up by Blake Wheeler. And it's a 3-1 game. All right, so there you have it. Uh, Jets 1 and 2 uh, to start this road trip. And a lot of good signs. Vili Hainala logging a lot of minutes uh, in his early NHL career. First three games of his NHL uh, National Hockey League career after being drafted 20th overall by the Jets uh, in Vancouver back in June. Uh, I don't think anybody saw him making this club before training camp. A lot of talk was he's likely going back to Finland. Uh, So he's got three games so far. The nine-game mark is where you kind of question things if he's going to be sticking around the Jets for the long term. But right now, he looks like he's fitting in just fine. Him and Neil Pionk kind of gluing together but 
an unideal situation to start the hockey game. This is when you know things aren't going in your favor. Josh Morrissey, a late scratch to start the game against the Islanders, apparently had bumped into somebody during warm-up, got hurt. He was kept out of the game for precautionary reasons, so Carl Dahlstrom, uh, made his Winnipeg Jet debut after the team picked him up on waivers earlier uh, before the road trip. He met with the Jets in New York before the Ranger game, but made his Jet debut against the Islanders. Looked pretty good, but you you can't help but feel bad for the guy when he finds out about four minutes before the game that he was suiting up. So uh, hats off to Carl Dahlstrom. And I know there's some concern about the back end right now, and everybody's wondering what Dustin Bufflin and what's going on with him. There's no, again, we're sitting at the status quo situation uh, with big number 33 and a Jets jersey when he's coming back. We're not quite sure of how that's going to work out. So the Jets are going to have to make do. Tucker Pullman, Anthony Botetto getting more comfortable with one another. Uh, of course, uh, Josh Morrissey and Dmitry Kulikov uh, logging a lot of minutes. But again, going back to Vili Hainola, 20-plus uh, minutes in that game against the Islanders. Uh, him and Neil Pionk kind of getting more comfortable, getting in a groove. A uh, little smaller on the back end for the Jets. That's the the one, you know, concern for many people when the bigger, stronger teams are going to come through or the, the ones they're going to face like the St. Louis Blues, the heavier teams. How is this going to fare a little bit down the road? But the, those answers are going to have to wait a little while. Uh, they'll take on the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday night. Brandon Tanev. Uh, will face his former mates for the first time. The Penguins will be here a little bit later this month, so we'll get a full taste of Brandon Tanev. Congratulations to him on uh, getting a nice uh, contract with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, speaking with Josh Morrissey, speaking of the Jets defenseman, I uh, talked with him at uh, Jets Fan Fest on stage and asked uh, Josh Morrissey about facing Brandon Tanev for the first time. And we've all seen Tanev flying around that incredible speed of his, uh, hitting anybody that's in the area. And Josh Morrissey said, hoping he's not going to be running across the ice and taking his head off. And hopefully there'll be a turnover or two uh, from the former jet forward. Uh, hopefully Morrissey's in the lineup against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But uh, lots to come here on this podcast. Uh, special guest, Neil Pionk. Tells us a lot of great stories. Of course, played with the New York Rangers uh, to start his National Hockey League career. You don't need a car in New York, so Neil's going to tell us a couple of stories about his mode of transportation and how it got him into trouble a couple of times. Adjusting to, well, actually, he didn't get a chance to tell us this, but after the, we had taped the podcast, I was walking with Neil uh, to the parking lot, and he had told me, the, a lot of people were saying, what about the weather? What about the weather here? Well, he grew up in Minnesota. He has a fair idea of what the weather's going to be like here in Winnipeg and has no concerns about that. So Neil Pionk is our guest. And by the way, we should point out that Neil Pionk saved a goal in overtime when the Jets were facing the New Jersey Devils. So uh, a good play there that helped them win that hockey game and get their first win of the season. So here is Jets defenseman Neil Pionk. Shop where the players shop. Jets gear and truenorthshop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at truenorthshop.com. Hi, this is Neil Pionk, and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Pleased to welcome uh, one of the newer members of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, not so much now, two months later at that fact, but it is uh, Neil Pionk. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Let's take this through. We we're just asking you about this before the podcast started about Omaha, Nebraska. And I was going to say, how does a kid from Omaha, Nebraska, find his way to the National Hockey League? And there's a little bit of a there's a long road here. So take us through a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so a bit of a backstory. Um, so my dad's originally from the Duluth, Minnesota area, um, and he went to Omaha, Nebraska to coach hockey. Uh, that's where he ended up meeting my mom, um, and th therefore I, I and a few of my brothers were born there um, in 1995. And then we moved to Waterloo 
uh, where my dad got the head coaching job for the Waterloo Blackhawks in the USHL. Um, moved there, I think, in 1998, and then in the year 2000, moved up to Hermantown, Minnesota, where I ended up growing up and playing hockey. What's it like growing up in Hermantown? Uh, it's it's awesome. Uh, it's a smaller community. It's uh, about 10,000 people just outside of Duluth, um, but it's really hockey-oriented, so you know we only have 10,000 people, but we have one indoor rink and five outdoor rinks, so um, everything's around surrounded around hockey, and uh, ever you know, ever since the early 2000s, really up and coming organization. So, do you, when you're growing up, do you want to be a part of Minnesota University of Minnesota Duluth? Is that the big thing for kids, kind of to start? Yeah, there's yeah. you know the I would say the misconception around the United States is that everyone cheers for the Gophers. Well, that's not exactly true. And <laughs> in, in the Duluth area, um, we grew up cheering for the Bulldogs and, and always wanted to play for Minnesota Duluth. So um, I would say my two years there was uh, was a dream come true. Scott Sandlin, of course, the head coach there. What is he like? Of course, he was in the conversation for one of the jobs in the National Hockey League this year. Could he make that jump? Is he that good of a coach? Yeah, I would say so. I actually did a, a podcast out there this summer earlier, and we talked about the same thing. I, th- I think he's he's fit for the league whenever whenever he feels it's right for his family and uh, himself to take that jump. I think he is. He's ready. So uh, he does a lot of good things. Um, and I said earlier this summer that one of the best things he does is he's versatile and he's able to make changes. And through an 82-game season, you got to be able to make changes. So I think that's one of his best qualities. Dylan Sandberg, of course, you you know him and grew up with him and um, made the tough decision this year not to turn pro. Did Scott Sandlin kind of play a role in that, not speaking for Dylan, but did, do you think that would be part of the reason? Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Dylan uh, Dylan had a conversation with, with uh, Coach Sandlin. Um, he's a smart kid, um, so he, he for sure didn't rush it. He for sure talked to the coaching staff and definitely weighed his options, and, and he felt uh, it was best to go back to school. So that's that, but um, yeah, he's going he's gonna to be a really good player. Well, the team has won a couple of championships since you left. You just missed yeah. out on that. So yeah. what, what, what was that like? And I imagine you were happy for your former teammates and, and the school that you went to. Oh, it was, it was so fun to watch. Um, so my sophomore year, we lost the national championship to Denver. Um, and then, of course, uh, I signed and, and they went too. And and I, I had some of my friends come up to me and say, oh, like you must be pretty mad that they won. And uh, it's actually the exact opposite. I couldn't be happier because... Uh, my two years, I developed some of the best relationships I still have uh, in my life today. So to watch some of my best friends win a national championship two years in a row was, was pretty cool. And and actually last year in, in Buffalo, um, I ended up going to the Frozen Four and watching it because I was driving uh, home from New York City to Duluth. So uh, ended up making a little road trip to Buffalo. I know a lot of fans up in Canada wouldn't really understand how big the Frozen Four is, but what's it like being a part of that weekend and, and taking it in even? Yeah, it's. I would say it's it's pretty uh, comparable to the Memorial Cup. Uh, it's kind of it's it's the the main goal for every college team, um, and to be a part of that weekend is is awesome. You know, uh, especially being in a smaller school like Duluth, you get you get ESPN there, and it's nationally televised. And um, when I played at the United Center, there was twenty thousand people there, so um, it, it was a really cool event. And then you know what are we three years removed from it now you look back at the rosters and it's filled with nhl guys so um i think that's kind of cool for the fans as well um you got traded twice this summer one had a lot of publicity (laughs) the other one didn't uh let's take us through the one that didn't get so much attention yeah the one that that didn't get a lot of attention but ended up working out for the best um was uh this summer it was my inaugural season in the beauty league and uh i started on team bic and we started 2-0 um Apparently, Team Tria needed some help, so we had a deep defensive core, and and uh, I was the guy selected to go the other way. And 
I think Team Bick got a couple water bottles or something. I don't know what the side deal was, but <laughs> I went over to Team Tria and uh, uh, I think we were when I got there we were zero and two and we went on a bit of a run and ended up winning the championship. So it was a lot of fun. What's that league like? I imagine it's just just a great time, but. Uh... Why did you decide to take part of it, and then just what the, what the enjoyment out of it is for you? Well, it's it's fun for all of us. I mean, it's uh, first off, it's it's charity. Like they raise mm-hmm. money for some some good causes. So, when it, whenever you're playing for that, it's always a lot of fun. But um, on the other hand, it's I mean, you're you're playing against NHL players all the time. So, um, I mean, it's not full pace, but it's you're still you're still working on your skills and and trying to make some plays. And again, we're having fun with it. I think one of the quotes I first heard when I got there was. If you're a defenseman not trying for a breakaway, you're not doing this league right. So uh, it's fun for us just to free flow and, and kind of just play pond hockey. What's the championship trophy look like, and what's the kind of the bragging rights that go behind winning the WD League? Oh, the championship trophy's uh, I think it's a big, I don't even know if it's a couple extended five-gallon buckets or what it is, but it's just a, it's a big, huge trophy. And um, it's, it's, I was t- saying on the podcast earlier this summer, I think it's, it's the first thing I've won in a while. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I'll uh, I'll hold on to that for sure. Because you just missed out in high school as well, right? Yeah, so high school, I played for Hermiton High School, the same high school as Dylan Sandberg did. And uh, two years in a row, the two years I played high school, we went to the state championship both years and lost both years. That's getting old real fast, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, it, it gets old. Um, yeah, so I did I did that twice in, in uh, high school. And then in college, lost the national championship. So one of these days, I'll push through. The second, well, the other trade. Got more news on this one. Um, Kevin Hayes played in Winnipeg for a little bit. You played with him in New York. Did mm-hmm. you talk to him about Winnipeg at all when you got traded? Yeah, I talked to him. Um, obviously, it was, it was a few days after the trade, after all the commotion and mm-hmm. dust settled a little bit. I, we traded traded a few texts, and um, he said he loved it. I mean, he uh, as far as the hockey and, and the staff and the and the guys in the locker room, he, he had nothing bad to say about it. MSG, you played there. Quickly, we'll come back to Winnipeg in a second, but you're just talking about the maze that is MSG. How many times do you have to walk through there to kind of figure things, the layout and and a, the like? A few times, yeah. I mean, you got to – hopefully you catch one of the veterans on the elevator and, and they can kind of show you. And then hopefully after the game and uh, in the dressing room, you can catch one of the veterans to get down to the family room. But um, you figure it out pretty quick, and that's kind of the same thing with the city. So, uh, yeah, if you if you ask around enough, you'll you'll get around. Did you uh, bring your scooter with you? To Winnipeg that you were getting around and went in New York with. <laughs> no, I don't think the wheels are big enough on that to get through the snow. But yeah. um, it was handy in New York. Uh, uh, you guys don't know the name Brett Howden. He's from here, and he, him and I lived together. And uh, one day we were walking home, jokingly. I looked at him. I said, "Let's let's buy scooters. Like this is a fifteen minute walk. I don't want to do this all year." And he kind of laughed about it. And then we sat down on the couch and started looking at scooters and made an impulse purchase. And they were there a week later. And I remember we went to the grocery store a few times with scooters because in New York City, people go there in bikes too. So mm-hmm. you just put a backpack on your back and go through the grocery store in scooters and throw whatever you need in the backpack and then ring it up at the at the front there. Is there a, yeah, I guess you lock, you, like, you lock your scooter up, right? No one can take them. I'm trying to figure that out, how that works out. Uh, yeah, so, well, we just left them in our apartment. So okay. Like, we, would, we would take them in the elevator and cruise through the lobby. But when you go through to, to the grocery store? The, no, we walked them. So like okay. we, we literally had the scooter in our hands and mm-hmm. then we just, we had a backpack on our back gotcha. and whatever we needed, we threw in the backpack and went from there. Um, it was good. Do you have any near-death experiences driving around New York with the scooter? Yeah. So like you're, you're technically supposed to be in the bike lane. Um, but I would go on the sidewalk all the time. And of course the sidewalk is a lot of commotion 
And the one, the one time I was, I was, you know, weaving through people, cruising on the sidewalk, trying to pick up speed, and a door ended up opening from the building on the side. <laughs> so I made a sharp right turn and almost went in the road, and it was chaos. But I, I ended up staying on the scooter, and it gives, it gets your. Uh, Did gets you stop your for a bit? Yeah, I slowed down a little bit after that. Hit the brakes. It gets your adrenaline pumping, though. <laughs> well, um, coming here to Winnipeg, new team, different city landscape and all that stuff but looking at the schedule ahead when you saw you got traded and the schedule comes out you're playing the new york rangers opening night i said perfect that's awesome <laughs> um i don't think there's any any better way to start it like let's let's attack it head on let's not wait for it instead of circling it down the calendar in january february let's do it right away and just to get now you don't talk about it anymore after that i guess that's the big perk on that one as well right yeah exactly just uh get after right at msg first game who you've kind of got to know a little better quickly here in Winnipeg in your short time here. Uh, one of the guys I got to know a little bit. I, I trained at the same gym as Anthony Boteto for the last, uh, so not this past summer, but two summers before that. Um, we kind of knew each other there, kind of not, but um, we bonded a bit over that. And of course, he's from Long Island, so um, myself living in New York for you know about a year and a half, we we've made that connection too. So yeah, it's been good. And are you feeling comfortable now as, uh, as opening night is or Well, opening night will, by the time this runs, opening night will have gone by, but I'll get this out of the way. Are you feeling comfortable as a member of the Winnipeg Jets? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the guy's been awesome here. Um, you know, whether it's in, including me in, in dinner texts or including me in, in golf texts, whatever it is, they're, they've been really inclusive that way, and um, it's been awesome so far. Appreciate your time, Neil. Yeah, thanks, guys. Even though I don't have Tyler and Mitch with me, we're still going to give away some Jets rewards points. Go to jetsrewards.ca. Put your laptop in front of you and type in the word pride, P-R-I-D-E. Pride is the word of the week here on Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. You have 50 Jets reward points to use however you want. As this season continues, the home opener uh, this Thursday at Bell MTS Place, the Minnesota Wilder in town, and this uh, the Jets TV Live pregame show and postgame show. A couple of new wrinkles for you this year. Um, Mitch Clinton will be joining me full-time for the entire pregame show, which will add an extra flavor, I believe, on Thursday as well. We have a special segment we're going to be throwing out throughout the year. Not so much a segment, but a special video that we'll be throwing up and down throughout the season. Uh, Jets players' first NHL goals. Uh, we taped this during the car wash day. Got a couple of members, a few, actually more than a couple of members of the Jets, to regale their stories of their first NHL goal. Now, Blake Wheeler will have his first NHL goal. It happened on October 9th. Uh, we'll have that for you in the pregame show, uh, but make sure you go to winnipegjets.com, look at all our social media channels on October 9th, and you'll see uh, Blake Wheeler, the captain of the Winnipeg Jets, going over his first National Hockey League goal. Uh, he scored that goal as a member of the Boston Bruins, wearing number 42, and he'll tell the story about how that all happened, uh, a position he was playing that he ordinarily didn't play uh, through his college career and his high school hockey career, but he did it because he had to. That's what you do. Uh, you do whatever it takes to play in the National Hockey League. So great story from Blake Wheeler. Look for that on October 9th, and we'll have that for you on the pregame show as well. The postgame show, uh, another wrinkle this year, we will always have an analyst. Uh, Kevin Sawyer, TSN analyst, will be joining me after the game against the Minnesota Wild. So looking forward to having that. And, of course, we'll have all the postgame reaction from within the dressing room. And then, of course, Paul Maurice's uh, news conference live for you on the Jets TV Live postgame show. Again, postgame or pregame show, 6 o'clock, and the postgame show immediately following the Jets and Wild this Thursday. Uh, looking around the Jets' prospects, and, of course, Dylan Sandberg, a lot of, you know, he was a big newsmaker when he decided to go back to Minnesota Duluth for his uh, third season. 
with the Bulldogs. They, of course, the two-time defending NCAA men's hockey champions. Going back for a third consecutive title, uh, Dylan Sandberg, a great relationship with Scott Sandlin. You heard Neil Pionk uh, talk about that during this podcast. Uh, they are the odds-on favorite to win it all again, the number one ranked team across the country. Minnesota Duluth uh, will open their season this Friday, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, that, my friends, will about do it. It's uh, been a pleasure doing this podcast uh, by myself. We won't be doing this too often. Uh, thank you so much to Tyler Esquivel for believing in me, allowing me this opportunity to uh, take you through another week of Winnipeg Jets hockey, and Daniel Moss, of course, the man behind the wheel, helping things out. So uh, once again, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com. 